This is the Weekly Parsha with Rabbi Mendel Lipska from Chabad of Hyde Park. And a wonderful air Shabbos to all of you. Great to be back together with you. And of course, to those of you who have just returned from holiday this past week, welcome back, and I hope you'll enjoy what we have to talk about today. School has started, so the kids are back. It's a time that we're able to uh, reflect on things, to think about important things. And this is a very special Shabbos. I know I say that very often. But in truth, not only is every Shabbos a special Shabbos, but sometimes we have something a bit extra, something extraordinary that kind of gives the Shabbos a different dimension. And this Shabbos is one of those because it's Parsha's both. And Parsha's both an important Parsha First of all, it's the third Parsha in the book of Exodus, in the book of Shemot. And number three is always a sign of blessing. But in addition to that, Parsha's book contains within it some interesting lessons, some interesting insights. The Parsha speaks about all sorts of important things. But primarily, what it talks about is the last of the three, of the last of the ten plagues that finally break and crush the evil of Pharaoh and the evil of Mitzrayim, ancient Egypt. And Hashem shows quite clearly who in fact is not only creator of heaven and earth, but who in fact is master of heaven and earth and who continues to direct its events through all sorts of actions that he takes from time to time. This is the important aspect of Parsha. We have seen the Jewish people suffer for hundreds of years in the most brutal type of slavery. A slavery that crushed them physically, spiritually. A slavery that was there not only to somehow drain them in order to receive whatever energy they possessed for work, but it was also there to destroy their Jewishness, their Yiddishkeit. The very, the very message that Yaakov left when he brought his family into Egypt, he left a message of Torah values, he left a message of what God is all about. The Jewish people were put under burden after burden in order for them to kind of forget all about it, but they didn't, despite the fact that they have to endure the most incredibly brutal and difficult type of slavery. They retain their identity, they retain their names, they retain their language, they retain so much of what they stood for. The legacy of Yaakov is not forgotten. And this is why when we come to this Parsha and we finally see that evil Pharaoh and his people are finally destroyed, not completely because that happens next week, but within the land of Egypt, the land of Egypt, the land that enslaved the people is finally broken. It's a time of great joy. It's a time of great celebration. And not only do we celebrate throughout the year the idea of Yitziat Mitzrayim, the exodus from Egypt, but each and every single day it's one of those things that we have to remember on a daily basis. It's a process. Leaving Egypt is not something which happened once upon a time, as you've heard me say so many times. It's a process that goes on throughout life each and every single day. We have to encounter difficulties, darkness, sometimes even outright evil. And we have to have the strength and courage and faith to live through it, to encounter it, to deal with it, and to live through it. And when we do, when we come out on the other side much stronger, much greater, with far greater insight into ourselves, far greater insight into the powers that exist in the world, far greater insight into all of creation, far greater insight into God and His ways, we come out on the other side far greater people. And this is a cause, as I said before, of celebration. In fact, we have the festivals, as many 
attention throughout the year. But each and every single day, a person should celebrate a bit, a little bit. A person should remember what it's all about, because as mentioned, each and every single day, we go through this process. We have to encounter difficulty, whatever that difficulty might be. It might be a difficulty simply in terms of existing, simply in terms of trying to make a living. Sometimes the difficulty is nachas from children. Sometimes the issue of health. Sometimes it's a situation where the Jewish people are put under tremendous, tremendous pressure by other nations of the world, as we have seen and as we see. And therefore, we have to somehow summon from within us a tremendous, powerful faith and hope and trust that not only will we live through it, not only will we endure this difficulty, but we will grow as a result as well. And this is why Parsha's bow is so important, because it opens up on this note. It talks to us precisely about that issue that each and every single one of us thinks about and has to deal with, as I said before, almost on a daily basis. The idea of encountering challenges in life, understanding challenges in life, and making them meaningful and making them real. I have spoken to so many people over the years, and I am astounded at the faith that people talk about going through challenging experiences, difficulties, and coming out far stronger, far more powerful. Yes, at the outset, things look bleak. At the outset, things look difficult. At the outset, things might even look quite frightening. But with that determination of emuna, of faith, bitachon, trust in God, knowing that He will hold our hands, so to speak, as we go through this experience, it's an altogether different type of situation. And this is why when we come to the Parsha of Boom, we have to think about this because this is precisely how the Parsha opens. What does God say to Moshe Bayomer? And God spoke to Moshe and he says, Bo el paro, come to Pharaoh. What do you mean come to Pharaoh? He should say go to Pharaoh. Come is, you know, a different type of term. You say come, I'm standing here, I say come here. If I'm telling you to go there, I tell you go, not come. And our Kabbalistic and Hasidic masters speak about this at great length. They talk about the fact that Moshe was actually quite fearful of going to see Pharaoh. And it begs the question, after all, he encountered Pharaoh a number of times. He debated with Pharaoh. He has spoken to Pharaoh. He has, well, he has told Pharaoh on a number of occasions, let my people go. This is what God wants. Why suddenly is he overcome with a degree of fear? Moshe was a fearless person. Moshe was a great leader, not only a great leader in the sense that he possessed tremendous qualities, but within himself, he was a fearless human being, and he knew quite well that in order to do anything that will be of benefit to his people, to the Jewish people, particularly in situations of difficulty, he was first and foremost at the front to do whatever is necessary. And yet over here, our sages tell us there was more than simply a degree of retinent. There was a situation situation of Moshe was fearful. And why was he fearful? Why is suddenly Moshe become fearful after all these encounters with Pharaoh? And perhaps the answer can be in understanding what evil is all about. You know, evil is a term that we use quite loosely. 
And there are all sorts of interpretations. I remember years ago reading a Time Magazine. It was actually a cover article in Time Magazine about the existence of evil, what evil is. Is evil an opposing force to good? Is evil something which is real out there and has the strength and power as does good? Is evil personified in the situation of spiritual dimensions? Is evil personified in terms of individuals who choose to behave in a way that most civilized human beings would consider to be evil. What is real evil all about? And our sages tell us, particularly our Kabbalistic sages, tell us in terms of a mystical dimension of what evil is all about, everything is a creation of God. Everything is brought into... Nothing exists outside the act of God's creation. There was no second authority. There was no separate authority. There was God and God alone, and the essence of God is good. And when he created whatever it was that he created initially in the spiritual sense, and finally down into the physical sense, something that we see and feel and understand, he created opposing elements. But ultimately, even the negative is something which comes directly from God himself. This is a creation of God. And they explain as follows, that evil essentially comes from a very high spiritual source within the holiness of godliness. And it comes down into the world and drops to a very low level. And it's covered with all sorts of levels, well, of darkness. And what we see, what we encounter, is something that we refer to as evil. On the other hand, the very essence of it might be something which is good, something which is powerful, and something which is, again, a creation of God and therefore ultimately good. But the way we see it, being that it has been clothed in so many dimensions of darkness, of something which is contrary to the visible will of God and to the visible dimension of goodness, that we see it as evil. But more of that soon. This is the Weekly Parsha with Rabbi Mendel Lipska from Chabad of Hyde Park. We're talking about the nature of evil, what evil really is at its very core, at its very essence. There is the manifestation of evil, and most of us know what that is. Evil is something which is dark, it's something which is wrong, it's something which is violent, it's something which is vulgar, it's something which is sadistic, it's something which is absolutely negative. The manifestation of evil within the physical world as we understand it, and we understand the physical world only at a very superficial level, even from a scientific point of view, We know very little about the core of the world. Yes, we've heard about atoms and molecules and all sorts of interesting things, but the fact remains that the average human being knows very little, even from a physical dimension, about the physical world that he lives in. And certainly from a spiritual dimension, what in fact is at the core of something, what something really is, is usually hidden from most of us, either as a result of the, well, lack of study, lack of knowledge, whatever the case might be, but the fact remains that very Very few truly appreciate things as they exist at its core level. Now, evil, as our mystical teachers tell us, our Kabbalistic teachers tell us, our Hasidic masters tell us, evil is something which comes from, as I mentioned before, a very lofty level within the realm of holiness. And the higher something is within the realm of holiness, so to speak, the lower it falls within the realm 
of creation, particularly physical creation. And this is why sometimes incredibly powerful and holy sparks of divinity fall into very low levels of God's world, and the way they manifest, the way we see them, the way they behave on an external level, is that which we normally refer to as evil. They behave in an evil sort of way. And our sages tell us that Pharaoh was one of these creatures. Pharaoh was one of these people. At the core level, there was a powerful sense of greatness coming from a high level. But the manifestation, his behavior, his expression, the way he interacted with others, the way that he interacted with the world, and particularly the way he interacted with God and God's people, the Jewish people, was one of great evil, something which was absolutely wrong, something which had to be destroyed, something which had to be shown as false and corrupt, something that had to be, well, simply wiped out in terms of of bringing about a better world. And Moshe realizes that now he's coming closer to the very core of Pharaoh. And this is why he's frightened. He's frightened, first of all, because the power of evil that Pharaoh possessed was exceptionally strong. But at the same time, it came from a core of, well, great spiritual holiness. And these two elements created a sense of fear even in Moshe. Moshe turns to God, so to speak, and he says to God that how will he overcome the physical manifestation, the external manifestation of this evil creature at the core level, and certainly how can he possibly deal if, in fact, he comes from a very lofty and spiritual holy level? And what does God say to Moshe? Does God say to Moshe, go to Pharaoh and deal with it? No. God says to Pharaoh, Bo el paro, let us go to Pharaoh. Hashem says, I will go with you. In other words, Moshe says, I am afraid of, well, both extremes of Pharaoh's power, the holy and the unholy. And God says, you are greater than he is. And in order to show you that you are greater, and in order to show you that you can overwhelm whatever negativity there is, and you can match him and outdistance him even in spiritual dimensions and holiness, I will come with you to prove the point. And one of the commentaries points out something interesting. The Parsha is called Bo, and the word Bo is spelled with a bet and with an aleph. A bet is well, the number two as well. It's not only the letter bet, but it's number two. And Aleph is not only the Aleph, but it's also number one. And there are different ways to coming to three. You know, three times one, well, three in one. But when you have two in one, you come to, well, the end result, two in one is three. But it symbolizes something entirely different. When you have two things, generally, two things symbolizes opposition. Opposition at a very powerful level. There is two, and each one represents a different dimension. However, there is the third and the higher level, and that is called the third, and the third resolves, well, the conflict between the two, and as a result of the overwhelming presence of the third, the two no longer are in contradiction or in conflict with each other. And this is what Hashem is telling to Moshe. You are 
Well, the opposite of Pharaoh. You represent a different type of holiness. You represent something which is great and something which is powerful. He represents something which is great and powerful as well. But unfortunately in him, it comes out in absolute evil, violence and vulgarity, idolatry, whatever you want. And therefore, the one, the Aleph, God himself, comes along and says, I will show you how to reach the three, how to reach to a level of harmony and greatness as a result of the fact that my presence there will create the three. Yes, between the two of you there is conflict, but when I am there, I will show the ultimate wholeness and completeness of what my creation is all about. And this is something that we have to understand and have to understand, well, with with clarity, because after all, when a person knows that you have to encounter difficulty, as mentioned before, because life basically is going through situations where from time to time you have to encounter difficulty, you have to encounter all sorts of challenges and tests and moments in life that can be overwhelming. But when you stop for a moment and you understand that when God sends you into a situation of difficulty, of darkness, individually or as a people, he accompanies you. As the Pasuk says, Ima Anochi Bitsara, Hashem says, I am with you in your difficulty. And the reason Hashem says, I am with you, is because my presence, the knowledge of my presence, the fact that you know that I am here with you, this will give you the strength to overcome whatever challenge it is in life that you have to experience. And yes, sometimes those challenges are exceptionally powerful and exceptionally difficult. But because I send you there, because I make you encounter that type of difficulty, that in itself is the ultimate proof that you have the ability to overcome it and to grow as a result and ultimately to transform the negativity that is contained within that difficulty, within that challenge, and you transform it into something which ultimately becomes visibly good. But Hashem adds to that. He says, not only am I sending you there, I'm going to accompany you there. I am going to be with you. And this is where emunah and betachon, trust and faith in God comes. Not only as some sort of vague idea, but the full knowledge that God is with me. God is next to me. God shares my experiences. God feels my experiences. God directs my experiences. And He is present. He is here. He is not only sending me on a mission of difficulty. He is coming with me on a mission of difficulty. And this is so important for us to understand. This is why, as I mentioned earlier on, the Parsha of Bo is so important. It's not only the third Parsha. The third, as I mentioned before, is a symbol of harmony. But it's the number three which comes about as a result of the two encountering one, the opposition, the opposing forces coming, the presence of the one, of the third, and the ultimately peace and harmony that comes about as a result. And this is why the Parsha begins with a very interesting saying. It says that God says, I will accompany you. And I want to tell you that I want Pharaoh to understand the signs that I have given him and that I will give him. And not only that, I want you to recount and to tell the story to your children, he says to Moshe, speaking to the Jewish people, to your children and your children's children. I want you to all understand what, in fact, this was all about. 
I want you to understand the miracles that you had to encounter. I want you to understand why, in fact, I have put you into this situation so that you will recognize my signs. different words that symbolize the idea of miracle. There are words that speak about, well, nisim v'niflaot, miracles and wonders. And Ot is a sign. He says, I want you to recognize the signs. A sign is there to indicate something that is not immediately visible. Like a sign on the road. You're driving on the road and you see a sign. A hundred kilometers away, two hundred kilometers away. You begin to wonder, will I ever reach that destination? But the sign is an indicator. It gives you the understanding that there is a destination ahead that you will reach and you will reach soon and you will reach with a tremendous sense of awareness and greatness. And this is something which Hashem is saying. There are two factions, two people, two areas, two groups that have to recognize the signs that I have put into Egypt. Number one, Pharaoh has to recognize. And until such time that he understands and recognizes the signs that I have shown him, he is not fully and completely destroyed. The evil still exists and still remains. He has to fully understand what it's all about. And the other thing is the Jewish people have to understand what these signs are. What we see in this world is not something which simply happens, you know, coincidence or happenstance, whatever you want to call it. It is a direct action of God in history, God doing whatever he does within the context of the world that we live in. And what does he say to the Jewish people? He not only says to the Jewish people that I want you to remember what happened in Egypt. I want you to recognize the signs. What he says, I want you to realize what kind of mockery I made out of Pharaoh and out of Egypt. And this is something which is important for us to understand. Not only did God bring about ten plagues, he brought about ten plagues in a way that made mockery, that showed how weak, how empty Pharaoh and Egypt really were at the end of the day. They were empty shells. Yes, they behaved in a violent and vulgar and terrible manner. They enslaved the Jewish people in the most brutal sort of way. But all of that ultimately is an empty shell. He made mockery of them. And this is sometimes when we have to look at the world, we have to look at the world and realize that what appears to be powerful and strong, what appears to be a tremendous, tremendous opposition to what we stand for, is nothing more than, well, an illusion. It's a mockery. It's something which will ultimately explode into a great nothingness. This is something which is so important for us to understand. It's not as if we are coming up against the solid wall of negativity, of evil, of all that is terrible. No. We are looking at something which is basically empty. Yes, God creates it in such a way that it does appear to be harsh and hard and difficult. But at the same time, we have to recognize and know that once we puncture the external elements of that facade, we will see that there is nothing 
within. This is what Hashem is saying to Masha. Tell your children and your children's children to learn to recognize the signs of God's presence and how they expose falsehood, how they expose the emptiness into a situation of nothingness. And this is why as we go through the Parsha, first of all, we come across the three powerful last plagues, the plague of locusts, the plague of darkness, and the death of the firstborn, each one giving in a sense a final crushing blow to all that that Pharaoh and his people and his evil empire stand for. And while this is not the time, how each and every single one of the plagues is there to show us a different dimension of godliness, we have to know that these simply aren't, well, wonderful actions of God, tremendous miracles. He snaps his fingers and these unbelievable events take place. No. Each and every one of these plagues exposes a different dimension of what's wrong with negativity in this world. And we live in a world of negativity. We live in a world where values are completely crazy. There is no right. There is no wrong. There is no good. There is no evil. There is such a confusion out there. There's a tremendous sense of chaos, a chaos of values, a chaos of morality, a chaos of decency. And while we try to maintain some semblance of a healthy society, the fact remains the very society that's looking for some sort of direction is living in a way that calls for permission to do whatever you would like to do. Whatever you want to do, you can. And this crazy world that we live in needs some signs, and we have those signs. But we need the eyes to see those signs. We need the eyes to recognize that, in fact, these are the actions of Hashem. These are the workings of Hashem. Hashem is showing us something very specific to deal with the onslaught of the chaos that we live with, the chaos that we encounter, the chaos that we see on a daily basis. And this is what this Parsha is all about. This Parsha is not, well, again, we celebrate the fact that Egypt and Pharaoh, all of that is destroyed. No. We have to go through it, as I mentioned last week, and emphasize now. It's a process that goes from step to step, from stage to stage, from moment to moment, from situation to situation, and each one reveals a different dimension of goodness and greatness in the world, and each one reveals a tremendous presence of God's involvement in his creation in the most personal and intimate sort of way. More of that soon. This is the Weekly Parsha with Rabbi Mendel Lipska from Chabad of High Park. We're talking about how to survive and, in fact, grow as a result of the challenges that we have and how even Moshe, who was fearful of going to Pharaoh, Hashem says, I will go with you. The mere knowledge that we know that God is with us in times of difficulty, he sends us into difficulty, yes, but he accompanies us. He holds our hand, so to speak, so that we can find the treasures contained within. This is something which is so important in life. And this is why, as we go through the Parsha, again and again, we see this theme Repeated. In fact, this Parsha is special because it contains the very first mitzvah, the very first commandment that God gave the Jewish people. And he gave Jewish people the commandment of Kiddush HaChodesh, of proclaiming the new moon. HaChodesh HaZelachem. Hashem says, this is the way, this is the moon, this is the month, the beginning of the month, this is for you. 
a time. This is the Jewish time. This is how the Jewish people will calculate time. And this is what you have to do in order to celebrate that all-important day, Rosh Chodesh. And in fact, this past week, we well, this week, we had Rosh Chodesh on Sunday. It was, I'm sorry, on Wednesday, it was a day that we celebrate the idea of the new moon reappearing. And the new moon reappearing is not only something which is powerful in a symbolic sense, that where there is darkness and difficulty and challenge, the moon reappears first as a sliver, and then it grows into its fullness. But as we understand the idea of Achodesh HaZalachem, the idea of the new moon enables us to calculate our festivals in fact, the three primary festivals of of Pesach, Shavuot and Sukkot, these all depend on when the new moon is proclaimed, when the new moon starts, when the new moon appears for the first time over Jerusalem. We know that, well, of course, the festival of Pesach is on the 14th at night, and we have to understand why is it that a mitzvah which is so important, a mitzvah which in actual fact determines the time of the Jewish people, and in a sense the character of the Jewish people, a mitzvah that enables us to celebrate throughout the year festivals that talk to us about greatness, about liberation, Pesach, which is the festival of Yitziat Mitzrayim, Shavuot, which is the festival of receiving the Torah, God's revelation at Sinai, Sukkot, the idea of thanking God for protecting us and enabling us to bring in the harvest, both in a material sense and in a spiritual sense, why is it that this all-important mitzvah was given to us, given to Moshe to give to us, in a land which was vulgar and profane? Mitzrayim, as you've heard me say often in the past, at the time was Erbet Ha'aretz, it was something which was completely contrary to the holiness and goodness of God, and it's precisely there that we get this mitzvah, a mitzvah that defines our character, defines our very time, and defines the festivals of the years which symbolize all that is proper and holy in Jewish life. And this, again, is the theme of Boel Para. Within the difficulty, within the darkness, within a situation of challenge, you can and you will find great, great blessing. In fact, not only great blessing, but enormous blessing. Blessing that affects our entire lives, the lives of the people the lives of our time, the lives of our festival. This is something which is altogether important. And where is it given? It's given in the land of Mitzrayim. It's given in a place which is vulgar and profane. It gives us, it's given in a land where we suffered horribly for hundreds of years. And, you know, one has to look at this and understand what this is really all about. The idea of knowing that contained within the challenge, contained within the darkness, there are tremendous opportunities of reward, of greatness, of light, of holiness, of something which is precious, of something which affects our very life. Yes, we sometimes, while we're involved in the difficulty that we experience, we ask ourselves, why? We ask, why would Hashem do this? Why would Hashem put us into this difficulty? And it's only in the fullness of time, it's only when we come out on the other side, that we begin to have a glimpse of what it's all about. And yes, that glimpse is very rewarding and we begin to see the incredible treasure contained therein. But ultimately, we'll never understand it until the true fullness of time with the coming of Mashiach.
because it is difficult. Yes, I admit it is difficult to understand why Hashem had to create a world where these great rewards are clothed within situations of challenge, of difficulty, often of pain, often of suffering. Why couldn't he simply reveal it? And ultimately, well, the simple answer, of course, is that this is what life is all about, the ability to rise above the limitations of our being and to have strength and to have faith and to have bitachon, trust in God. This is something which is so important, something which we have to teach our children again and again and again. You know, we live in a world where we give our children everything to the point of excess. We give them whatever they need and whatever they don't need. Whatever they call for, whatever they ask for, we don't deny children today. Whether it's a good thing or a bad thing is a different debate in a different time. But the point is our children are spoiled horribly. But do we give them the true tools with which to live life? Do we teach them about faith? Do we teach them about trust? Do we give them the knowledge that they will go through difficulties in life and will have to face those difficulties? Yes, a loving parent protects a child, and so we should. But at the same time, there has to be the instruction for subtly, and as they grow older, a bit more clearly that life is not always something which is easy and always something which is easy to get there is hard work and as the child grows it knows in order to well study to learn you have to apply your mind it's not something which comes automatically it's something which has to be developed on an internal level and this is something which we learn in this week's Parsha what we learn in this week's Parsha is that when we teach our children faith when we teach our children trust, when we tell our children again and again, not only in word, in example, and not only in example, but in lifestyle, when we show our children again and again that Hashem is with us at all times, this gives them the strength, this gives them the ability, this gives them the certainty that they can cope with almost everything and anything in life. And this is something which we learn in this week's Parsha. Yes, Moshe Rabbeinu himself was initially fearful of going to encounter Pharaoh at that time. What does Hashem say? He doesn't say go. He says, come, I will accompany you. I am with you. And this is a lesson for each and every single one of us to understand, to live by, and the man to supper, to teach our children again and again and again, to recognize the signs of God within history, to recognize the presence of God. And this is why when you're in shul tomorrow, listen carefully to what the Parsha has to say. It tells us a lesson which is so important to the basic concept of existence, the basic concept of dealing with difficulty and challenge, the basic concept of living in a world which is often dark and often confusing and often chaotic, but to recognize the signs of God and to use faith and trust to guide us. It's a special Shabbos. It's a special Parsha. Use it well. Listen carefully. Make it your lesson. Change as a result. Good job, us.